Um, I'm very happy to say, Ed, that I only watched the first 25 and last 10 minutes of that Bruges game. And uh, universally, the feedback I've received is that that was a fortunate situation to be in. I feel for my fellow podcasters who suffered through all 90 minutes of that. I think you've been having much more fun playing with Lego for the last couple of days than oh anyone gosh. had watching that game. It you, Like between 25 minutes and what what do you see say? Last five last minutes? Ten. Last, last ten. ten. Yeah, it was dreadful. United were truly, truly dreadful for about, what, 35 minutes of that game. Went behind to a comedy goal. Just, I don't know what anyone was doing there, the defenders or flappy surge. And there was just no intensity about it afterwards. It was often like a training game. That's how intense it was. You know, you said like that the um, it, it really lacked intensity. And I was just about to say, it's interesting that the home crowd are not making any noise at all. And that was just before Storm Dennis blew in and they scored the goal that they scored. And then and the home crowd did make some noise. But I was quite surprised... Uh, just what a thoroughly flat occasion the whole thing felt. I mean, we're pretty good at sapping the life out of a out of an occasion, I guess, when we're uh, when we play like that. Yeah, sure. So there were some moments. I think Bruges had five or six shots or something like that in the game. Maybe uh, slightly more than that. They had some moments on the break. United had a lot of possession, so. We were playing with a flat back five for lots of the game, not switched the uh, formation around a little bit uh, in the second half, but were quite prepared to to defend deep uh, and just just moved the ball sort of slowly forward, <laughs> which I suppose is not a surprise given that Pereira and Lingard and Matic and Mata were all in midfield. And, and, and that's what I'm saying about lack of intensity, really. It's not like United played this game with the same kind of intensity they played uh, against Chelsea at the weekend. You know, very, very different, uh, I think, performance, nature of the performance. So United prepared to give away the ball against Chelsea, wanted to keep it against Bruges, but weren't that effective when they really had it. I mean, it sort of feels like, I know, I think I use this analogy all the time, but whenever, um, I think it was away at Crawley Town, when Fergie played Darren Gibson in midfield and somebody else. And I remember us having this conversation about like, what do you expect? Well, you're going to get a disjointed performance from this 11. And it was a very disjointed performance. And you you see that team sheet and you just think, well, you kind of know what's coming. There's Oh, for sure. Yeah, it was really predictable. Really predictable. And it's a very yeah. strange, um, worst case scenario team selection from Ollie where he doesn't rest enough players so like Martial plays 90 minutes all the defenders were well I mean the centre-backs are all potentially first choice centre-backs well I think they are the first choice back three whether they should be or not is a question appears to be um and you know Williams is the first choice on the left Dallow is obviously so he's rested Wambasaka, Fred and Bruno those are the three players that are really rested from that starting eleven, which is not that many sure. players. And, and by by took a knock against Chelsea. But is that and we don't know maybe he's resting him or maybe that's pecking order stuff right. or whatever. But the three that you're definitively saying these three are rested, it's like there's such a there's such a collective vacuum left by the fact that you're playing Lingard and Pereira in this side that then 
it's not you might as well have just rested four more players and played a bunch of kids because you know That's it's going to be bang average. Well, look, and what we get is what we get from United in so many of these games. And I, I, I'm just going to predict it now. is what we're going to get against Watford at the weekend, in which United created, what, a dozen chances, most of which were long-range shots or from poor angles. So United do not qu- create quality chances. Created one good chance, one high-quality chance in the entire game, and Anthony Martial scored. Well, they didn't it. even create that, did they? I did. I have seen well, that no, goal. They, they were, were literally. Give, yeah. I mean, I guess Martial quick thinking and quick feet, like quick thinking, quick feet, decent finish. One point one four on the XG, point four six for that one, and it just tells a doesn't always tell a, the story of a game, of course, but it tells the story of this game. United worked it to the edge of the box and then took long range shots. And and the fact that. Four years on from the last time we played Club Rouge, or five years on from the last time we played Club Rouge, even um, the same, all the exact same problems still exist. I mean, we actually did score a lot of goals against them, but generally speaking, around that time, we did not score a lot of goals. Um, very basic banter from the Club Rouge t- Twitter account, by the way. United, very. United just kind of shared the Wayne Rooney hat trick from the previous game, which is perfectly reasonable. And they were like, oh, well, that was a great Champions League night. We enjoyed our last one in December. When was yours? And I'm like, well, ultimately... When they were knocked out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, ultimately, ours was meaninglessly, meaninglessly less far further in the past than yours. We we lost in the quarterfinals of last seasons and didn't participate in the group stage that you failed in this time. I mean, also, they... They're obviously not our peers, but nonetheless, it felt very silly. Well, on the evidence of this game, <laughs> they might well be. I mean, it's amazing how much better United would have been with Bruno Fernandes, Wambasaka, and Fred in that team. Oh, for, look for sure, yes, because United failed to create anything of anything, any you know, anything meaningful on their own with Andres Pereira, Juan Mata, and Jesse Lingard running midfield, for sure, and and Bruno. He was bright enough in his, I don't know, how many minutes did he get? Ten yeah. or something like that. Not not too many. He took a couple of shots and got about the pitch very One well. Got involved straight beautiful pass. One beautiful defence splitting pass, but Mata was offside. But it was gorgeous. Yeah, I, I actually thought he, he waited a little bit. Like, beautiful pass, yeah, to, to find the angle between the two central defenders. It felt like he waited just a fraction too long uh, and he, he looked like he was going to play it and then he played it and matter had already gone um i was thinking that fernandez is like this uni- unilateral positive one unilateral positive we can take out of the last few weeks and then i suddenly was hit by the realization that even that isn't even close to being a unilateral positive because let's take it as red that this kind of early form will continue and he'll continue to look better than all our other players in a kind of creative sense uh, obviously Pogba aside, but definitely better than any of the players competing for his position right now. We could have had him in the summer. We could have had him all season long. Basically, paid the same, paid the same yeah. fee. It's just... 55 million, paid the same fee. In fact, uh, at one stage, Sporting were trying to shop him to Spurs for 45 million. So uh, it, it's just madness. The, it, it's madness that we've been so short for so many months. And, and I think a lot of that's to do with... Um, we they presumably don't expect Pogba, Pogba to be back very soon. He's ov- obviously off in the summer. 
And now they've made that decision, they were prepared to spend the money. But it, it's just it's just such an indictment of United's vision as a club that th- this could well, like, I'm, I'm not saying this is definitely true, but the decision not to buy Bruno Fernandes in the summer versus to buy him now could well be a Champions League qualification level decision, yeah. which is a £100 million decision. So, you know. Watching the pennies, losing the pounds. There's, um, there's Manchester United, the Instagram account, just don't know their audience at all as they've just posted a Jesse Lingard 200 appearances celebration picture. I'm like, I'm not... 200 is the number of negative comments about Jesse Lingard within the first 10 yeah, seconds, right? it's very... Um, I, it makes me very sad because I was really rooting for Jesse Lingard, but he is having such a totally abysmal season and he was pretty terrible last season too so that's two seasons on the bounce where he's having really abysmal seasons and you know um there may well be reasons for that but it nonetheless the facts of the case are he is playing absolutely shockingly so consistently yeah um i was kind of sad to that mason wasn't on the pitch uh ill apparently so i can't have a go at ollie for that Hashtag agenda. Yeah, I mean the um, the Ollie situation is is um, just getting just we talked to loads and loads about it, but I I've reached the point of like, well, it's not helping that everything he says is sounding increasingly like da- like David Moyes. He said before this game, we dream of winning this competition, and you know it's such a it feels so petty to pick him up on that, but a well, play your best players then and you might actually win this competition if you dream of it so much. And B, like, pick your words a bit more carefully, Ollie. Like, are you saying that we, this club, this club with its proud tradition is dreaming about winning the Europa League now? And it is going to be a dream if we keep playing like this because we can barely beat Club Bruges and there's some good teams left in this competition. Well, let's give them the benefit of the doubt. You look, it would be... Undoubtedly positive for United to win this competition. Undoubtedly. It's a position, in, it's a place in the Champions League next season. It's another European trophy. It's another reason for the best players to join United uh, or, or even mediocre players or even up and coming players to join United. I mean, as, as uh, Haaland bangs in another couple, 10 in seven games, you know, what, 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 I mean, what price? Like having that kind of striking quality right now. I mean, yeah. It, look, he said it clearly enough since since uh, he moved to Dortmund that uh, he felt that it was the best environment for him to progress as a player. And like, who honestly, who can doubt a the veracity of that comment and b the truth of it? You know, clearly a better environment. But the third the third piece is that United were not prepared to be a stepping stone club and walked away from a potential deal, or at least they span it, which is kind of interesting, that they didn't want this release clause inserted. But that's damning in itself, that players are now seeing United as a step to something bigger. Yeah, and also, the idea that we didn't sign Haaland because of that release clause, 
it's just pure fiction. I don't even know why we're repeating it. It's the clubs. I mean, listen, I don't have any actual insight. Maybe it's true, but it's not though, is it? Like it's pure fiction. He wanted to go to Dortmund because it was way better for his career than coming to Man United, which would have been... Well, then why spin it? I mean, it's just ridiculous. I mean, I know we're going off on a tangent here, but but if you want to make a demon out of someone, blame Raiola. Say, hey, look at that agent. You but know they what did. He, he was they like, did. That's what they did. They said they didn't want to pay agents' fees and fees to the player's father and all this kind of stuff. They they did go after Raiola. It turns out the agents' fees were single digit millions. I mean, they weren't even that but, big. But so what I'm saying is, like, they are just lying. This is just they're not. They didn't walk away from that deal because of a release clause. Like, did they really? Could does any part of you buy that? No, 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 I don't. Yeah. I don't. Uh, but like, there's always nuance to these uh, these situations. I, I, the principal reason is the reason I yeah. said. And again, we've gone miles off on a tangent <laughs> well, just... here, which is a young quality player preferred to go somewhere else to a club which isn't historically the best in their league or the best in Europe. And that, that's what we aspire to be, right? And we And to come back to our original thought, we're much more likely to get back there if we win this competition. Oh, absolutely. So then so then play your best team in this game with Watford coming up on Sunday. Like this is Right, win this game when you're comfortable, take some players off. It's Watford at the weekend, relegation from Watford. I mean, United do have seven games in the next twenty days, right? Yeah. So I I it, it is a heavy schedule with the Europa League, the FA Cup and the Premier League. Sure. Right? But you rotate at the right time. The away game is not the time to do it. The home game is the time to do it. And and you could say, okay, well, we should be good enough to beat Club Bruges. And I just don't understand why. I mean, it, you're not good enough to beat anyone who plays in a low block with these with these kind of players, unless they've got a keeper who can't save long range shots which was Tranmere. You know, if, you, if you've got a keeper that can't save anything from range, then United have got a chance because uh, they've got some some shooters from range. Um, but yeah, I mean, anyway, I didn't, like I said, I didn't see all the game. But... Uh, I mean, Mignolet's a perfectly sound keeper. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's, he's, he's not going to be in anyone's world 11, is he? But he's perfectly yeah. sound. And so, essentially, I think this is a significant misstep from Solskjaer. If we beat Watford comfortably at the weekend and turn round the tie next week at Old Trafford, which we easily could. Then I guess you could say, well, we got away with it, but it will be, we got away with it. And it isn't, you know, it's one all in the away leg. It's fine. You know, realistically in terms of a European tie, like any European tie in isolation, but it's just hard not to get frustrated because of where we are. And, and, this is just yet more evidence. The squad's ridiculously thin. The manager's really short on ideas and and ultimately, I suspect, talent. He's certainly short on inspiration um, to the wider public and it seems like he might be significantly short on humanity as well. But that's, you know, we'll see how that one all plays out. Um, so, yeah, pretty... Is that that'll do, wouldn't it, on that game? I think so. I haven't got much else to say. Can I can I talk about Lego now for a bit? <laughs> Go on then. Give, give us the update. What what's going on with Lego? How many pieces have you filled of this four thousand piece Lego monster? So they they sent this to us. Like I should say that right up front because like there's no way in a million years I could justify spending two hundred and fifty quid on Lego of any kind. 
But if you find yourselves, dear listener, in a position where you can somehow do that, either because you have lots of money or because you'd save up loads of money or because it would be something that you'd treasure forever and so it's worth it to you. Um, oh, my God, it's amazing. <laughs> this thing is absolutely unbelievably cool. Um, I've been putting loads of uh, Instagram stories on on the Instagram like of of the build and there's it came in this massive box and there's like 25 bags you know those little bags that each so the, the kits get separated out into 25 bags of them and I'm nine bags through and I've built the the flap the just the just the the case stand and the strip for that not the corners around them and then like the floor plate of the Sir Alex stand but the detail like we talked to the guy last week and lots of people have said nice things about that interview and his kind of passion for it and you can really see, like, the detail in this thing is is proper lovely. So, yeah, that's been ridiculously fun. I can't I can't spend all day, I haven't been able to spend all day today, or, and I won't be again tomorrow building it, but Saturday there's going to be a lot of Lego done in this house. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Yeah, no, it, look, it looks awesome. So uh, I'm glad, uh, glad you're doing that. Great content for the gram, and um, I really enjoyed your interview you did on Thursday. Obviously a very passionate designer yeah. of that one. Yeah. And uh, you need a few sort of Lego minifigures to fill the stadium with, though, don't you? Uh, like he said, like, if you did it for scale of Lego figures to play on the pitch, you'd have had to make a 50,000 piece. Because um, it's not... Uh, it doesn't have to be scale, just a, just a few. In fact, you can go into a Lego store, yeah. and uh, because because they don't do Manchester United minifigures, but you can you can make up some... You know, just white white legs, red top. Eric players with the number seven painted on the back in Tipex. Exactly, you can do it by hand, and <laughs> then you can you can stick uh, Woodward in the stands. <laughs> you know, he like he talked about the seat block and got really like really super nerdy about the seat block, and he made such a good choice because it looks, especially from like a little distance, it just looks those seat blocks look tremendous. But anyway, that's probably enough Lego chat. Um, but I'm really glad people like that conversation because, as I said last week, I, I loved having it. Um, should we take a quick break and come back and do some Twitter questions and then brief Let's do that. preview and then go to bed because I'm so tired. That's all that Lego building. <laughs> yeah. See you in a minute. If you want more from us, the people what brought you this here podcast, you can follow us on various social media platforms. Ed is on Twitter at NQATPod. You can find us on Facebook at uh, No Question About That Podcast, formerly United Rant. Cheers, Facebook. Or my personal platform of choice, you can follow us on Instagram at NQATPod. All right, we're back. Um... Of the people, questions, questions. The people we we questions. missed out doing questions on our Monday pod, which is why we're doing them on Thursday. Yeah, because that was I know, even. I, I know, I know. The listeners are shocked by this. What's going on? It was even later on Monday that we tried to record a podcast. Like United schedule is, they they just don't think of the podcasters. No, well, we're playing Thursday next Thursday and the Thursday following that as well. The F, the FA the FA Cup tie versus Derby's on a Thursday night. <laughs> oh no! Okay. I know, I know. And Derby are probably a better side than Bruges. Andrew Yaxley, friend of the show, says, which former player that largely disappointed at United at the time would actually improve this team? 
Anderson, Cleverly, Cruyff, Nani, Di Maria, Veron, O'Shea, Paborski, he lists. Well, I mean, if you could have peak... All of them. Peak Juan Seba Veron in any team would be absolutely unbelievable. Like, I don't even think it's fair to say he disappointed at United, really, is it? He just... Look, he was square peg in a round hole at that time. I mean, they bought him because he was such a great player, but then they completely changed the system around and broke up the the four in midfield and had to play this triangle or either either played the triangle of three and, and then one up front, which wasn't the way United were playing at the time, or Veron had to play in a in a two in midfield, which he just wasn't used to. Lovely player though. And Diego Pete Diego Forlan, like if you could get the best out of Diego Forlan now, that would be really good too. And but anyway, like obviously as well, Nani at his best at United. It's straight in the side and on the right hand side. Yeah. Di Maria. I mean, yeah. I know he was yeah. I know he was so disappointing, but peak Di Maria. Be, well, no, Di Maria, you couldn't say. In the spirit of the question, he was terrible. Yeah. So no, he's he's not getting back. But <laughs> but Nani would get a, a go. Anderson definitely fill out options in midfield. He was disappointing. De, you know, based on the quality we thought he had. Yeah. Absolutely. You spent five years talking about how rubbish he was, Ed. Yeah. <laughs> That's, but yeah, we'd have him back in a heartbeat because, oh, we didn't know we were born when Anderson was our biggest problem. Hamid ah. Dowish says, uh, how did Lingard manage to not get subbed off and play the entire game? Because we're short players. Because we're short yeah. players. And, and Ollie clearly didn't care that much about this game. Because otherwise they wouldn't have been, you know, him and Pereira probably wouldn't have been in the starting lineup. Friend of the show, Ben Hudson says, will my new baby ever get to see us win the league? Cynical attempt to get a shout out for her on the new show. Congratulations, Ben. Congratulations. Yeah, Many congratulations. Just, just... And no. As soon as you, uh, as soon as you said Ben, Ben's name, I was like, oh, congratulate. Oh, okay. This is, I see what he's doing. Very gorgeous, cute baby. Con- massive congratulations from us. Uh, already a friend of uh, no question about that. There's no question about that. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Well, look, in in her lifetime, I I bloody hope so. In the in the next few years before she goes to school, I I don't think so. No, probably not. David Hickman says, given the Glazers' political proclivity, should we knock up some Make United Great Again caps? Oh no, no. Well, I mean, do you know that the uh, the touchline for our boys? Um, have started uh, their club podcast this season. Uh, that's Coppen Fracker, uh, Touchy Gooners, Chessie Hour, and of course, Make United Great Again. So it's it's copyright them them. Yes, um, it doesn't have no no thanks. I couldn't do it. Did, did you watch Curb Your Enthusiasm? <laughs> yes, such a good episode. <laughs> this series has been tremendous so far they did this thing in the last series which really wound me up where instead of like him getting into loads of situations where he was kind of really in the right he he just became completely obnoxious all the time did a load of terrible things but this this series is proper return to form and that stuff was genuinely hilarious Uh, it was very good Bifurcated MBM says, in, t- in Star Trek Into Darkness, why didn't Bones just use his blood from one of Khan's genetically similar crew to, ma- uh, to, to crewmates to save Kirk? You, you a Trekkie? Hi, Benno. Um, <laughs> uh, well, 
No, but I am completely obsessed. Well, not completely obsessed with, but loving Picard so much. I think we talked about that the other week. It's um, been it's been very good. Of course, uh, he didn't use blood. He used a uh, serum that was synthesized from Khan's blood to save Kirk. It, wait, is this in like modern day Star Trek, not olden time Star Trek? Y- yeah, Into Darkness. Okay. Yeah, one of the reboots. So yeah. Khan was in that. Yeah, know. yeah. It's a reboot on a different timeline, basically. Classic. So, yeah. Where, where Khan is a genetically modified superhuman. So can you think of a reason why he couldn't have just used the blood from the genetically similar crew? No, you're stretching my memory of this film now. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. New, new Picard is good. Yeah, the, this week's episode I thought was particularly good now that it's really starting to find its feet. Which is more static and lacking in ideas, says uh, Rashbar Bajoria. Man United or the Lego man on uh, the Lego OT? (laughs) Um, That Lego thing is not short of ideas, I have to say, so it's probably actual real Man United. (laughs) Very good. Alex Giamanatero. Sorry, Alex. Friend of the show. Yeah. So Ed, Ed who spends half his life going around the world, not good at pronouncing names. Which very good Scott McTominay throw the furthest? Oh, I heard, I saw, we had a similar question about that. What was, so which fruit could Scott McTominay throw the furthest? This is a very important question. I meant to, I meant to address this the other day. Um, I think you could throw a pineapple a long way, right? Because you need a certain, no, an apple. An apple's like got to be the best fruit yeah, for throwing. Yeah. Pineapple. Yeah, they are quite, are quite heavy, heavy but. I mean, you've got a bit of leverage. You need a certain but... amount of weight, right? Like a coconut, you could throw a coconut a really long way. Um, but I think an apple is heavy enough to have, like, very good kind of purchase and travel through the air. A banana, you could get a good whip on it, but I don't think you could... I think you could throw an apple further than you could throw a banana. I wonder if, crucially, like, Scott McTominay, is there anything particular about... Scott McTominay, that, that would affect his particular choice of fruit throwing, or are we really looking for here the, the fruit that anyone could throw the furthest? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know the etymology of this particular question. If you had to throw a piece of fruit, right, to get it as far as possible, and there was, like, a um, a big bull African mango and, like, a green one, not like a yellow, soft, thin mango... Big solid one or an apple? No, I'd go for apple because it fits in the hand. The mango would be a bit, yeah, I don't yeah, know, a bit, yeah. just a bit of a stretch. No, I'm, I'm going for apple. It's a, it's a good shout. They've got some, you know, it's good, it's a good, yeah, good question. Yeah. I don't know about the Avocado. aerodynamics. There's a few fruits that have got a few, like a golf ball. You know, it's got all those dimples. A few fruits that are sort of dimply. Av- they might have a avocado. Oh, it's an interesting shout. Anyway, um, listeners, passion fruit. why don't passion fruit you has... <laughs> test this out and send us some videos and we'll put it on the gram. A passion fruit has the dimples, but I feel like it doesn't have the weight. Very good. Crucially. Do we want any more questions? There's lots about football. Mainly, all right. Why, why isn't Fernandez playing more? Why does Lingard ever play? Uh, what's Luke Shaw's best position? <laughs> Why isn't Fernandez playing more? Why are we so toothless? Can I just say that whoever asked why isn't Fernandez playing more, I feel like, hey, calma. Like, this is, he's been at the club for three games and he's played 
two of them all the way through, no? Or did he come on as a sub in the first one? I can't remember. But he's going to be... Kino of House United says, who'd win, a team of 11 Andreases or a team of 11 Lingards? I think it's 11 Andreases, and I, I think He'd it get might about not it be close. Bit, mm. I, I genuinely think that just straight up Andreas is just quite a lot better than Jesse Lingard. On that sad note, should we take a quick break and, and then we'll be back with a Watford preview? Should we just plough on and deny these people the opportunity to listen to one more advert? Because it's going to be a short show, isn't it, Ed? Go for it. All right. Um, We're playing Watford at the weekend. That's that's my preview. Uh, Listen, they have definitely been considerably better under Nigel Pearson than they were previous to that. But they are still bang in trouble. A number of results have gone against them. A couple in close games a couple where they consider themselves pretty, like they could consider themselves unfortunate not to have got something out of their nil-nil draw with Tottenham, but they were quite lucky to only be within a goal of Everton. Um, and uh, the their game against Brighton, which was a one-all draw, they probably can count themselves very lucky to have scraped a one-all draw in that game. Sure. So, Look, two, two from four, last four, two points from the last four. Relegation form, obviously, with 12 games to go, they're going down if they continue to do that. But what what they need is the kind of run that they went on after they beat us in December. Yeah, and it's sort of... They played um, Tranmere before us and they were knocked out by Tranmere and they, they, they you know, Nigel Pearson played a really weakened side to try and get knocked out and only got a draw, which was the sort of worst-case scenario. But then they, they it wasn't that that sent them off the rails. They then beat Bournemouth 3-0 away. Um they obviously don't run that deep quality wise, but they have got some good players in that side, as we said at the time of the the kind of last last preview when it was when it was about seeing whether Pearson would have an impact. And he definitely has had an impact. And I wouldn't be at all surprised if they put a, together a run. I also wouldn't be at all surprised if they make it really difficult for us. And I'm allowed to say that because I'm not the manager. Um, they make it really difficult for us on Sunday at Old Trafford because this feels like it's got United struggle to break down a deep line defence. The one thing we've got going for us now, though, is we've got Bruno to whip in corners if uh, if it gets like that. Yeah, and we may well need those set pieces to decide it. Yeah, so... Uh, their biggest problem is scoring goals. Troy Deeney, top goal scorer, five goals. Obviously, that's the kind of stat that is the hallmark of a relegated team, isn't it? You know, top goal scorer, fewer than 10 goals in a season. But they will they all play four at the back. They'll sit two in front. Will Hughes and Kapue probably. Uh, and they, they will j- just, you know, make it as hard as possible for United uh, to have any kind of space in which our rapid forwards, whatever the mix of forwards, need. And and so a long shot from Bruno or a set piece or a corner uh, is going to be a very good weapon for us. Yeah, and we have we have still got... Like, the absence of Marcus Rashford just creates so much of an issue because... By the way, we didn't talk oh, about yeah. it earlier. So Ollie basically saying it looks like he might be out for the season. Touch and go whether he'll make the Euros or not. <sighs> I don't really care about that. I'd like to see Marcus Rashford back in the United shirt first. Yeah, I mean, for his sake, I'm sure he would absolutely love, especially after the 2018 World Cup and what a brilliant experience that clearly was for him personally, as well as the England squad generally. You know, he talked about getting back a love for football from that tournament. Well, and not surprised given Jose Mourinho was his manager um, at the time. But the but so for him, that's I'm sure that's that'd be devastating if he misses those Euros. 
from a United perspective, what we really don't want is him to force himself back for the Euros and exacerbate any damage or anything like that because, I mean, he's just so precious and his absence, I mean, it's not like he wasn't in brilliant form because he was. So it's not one of those things where just the reputation grows in his absence. But like Martial has struggled so much since Rashford got injured because they they benefit each other tremendously. They, They play together really well and having a player like Rashford or say for Igalo or whatever, if, if Rashford was doing what he was doing, it'd be great for Igalo too. So, yeah, it's, it's a massive, massive loss for United. And and I, I don't know, I just think this game's going to be a struggle. I guess I guess what I'm going to predict is a, a 2-1 win to United with the, the United's winner being Odin Igalo and he's really torn between wildly celebrating his goal for his childhood club and uh, having to be respectful to his old club. Sure, yeah, he's got to touch the ball. I'm not sure he touched the ball in his his cameo today. Did he? Must have done. I uh, yeah, he did. He, I saw him get tackled. <laughs> All right, yeah. Um, two games. No, he hasn't done much shipping back. He hasn't had two games. He's had about seven minutes in total. <laughs> I don't care. That's and, my story. I'm sticking to it. And there was one really good run to make himself that chance in the game against whoever at Chelsea. Yeah, I only talked about him. I'm jesting, of course, before I get hate mail. Uh, <laughs> Ollie talked about him before the Bruges game, uh, having really only had one day of training with the, the full squad. So um, I I guess they're working up to him playing more games. I mean, by the time he's sort of up to speed, the season might well be over. I mean, there's only 12 games left in the, uh, in the Premier League, but uh, cup games as well, so... Yeah. We got a fantastic scouting department. It's a marvelous. You don't understand how good our scouting department is. It's the best. It's they're smart in a way that they're smart and stable in a way you don't even understand. We make great decisions as a club. Totes, <laughs> sick of it. Sick of the sight of them. I'm going back to me Lego, um, and we will be back uh, to review the Watford game, which I'm going to guess is not on telly. And there's a Sunday Europa League situation. It's potentially. two o'clock on a Sunday. I'm, yeah, I'm actually but not sure. There's been a lot of two o'clock games on a Sunday that have not been on telly because of the stupid Europa League. Which, can we just take a brief detour to say, the Europa League is the gosh darn worst. Like, if you are a travelling United fan, I'm sure it's absolutely brilliant. To, Bruges is a lovely city. Yeah, and just like loads of trips that, well, often that you haven't made before or returns to old favourites. But as a kind of no good couch watching Man United fan it's a just it's in the middle of the working day so bad (laughs) yeah Um, I I absolutely hate it but are you not looking forward to the Europa Conference coming along 21-22 season I just realized I wanted to make one more completely irrelevant point to anything we've talked about today though which is that like as much as Oli Solskjaer is making my skin crawl when I see him now um, I watched the first half of Tottenham against uh, Leipzig yesterday. And honestly, I know we are demonstrably miles worse by any metric you could possibly choose to use than we were under Mourinho. And I'm still glad he's not the manager because watching them just like, oh, we're going to set up to defend. Like, it's so basic and um like hopeless not in the chance not in the sense of useless but in the chance of in the sense of devoid of meaningful hope that kind of being free of Jose Mourinho is still a year and a bit on something to celebrate (laughs) yeah we uh I wonder whether that'll uh, get the Mourinho stands uh emailing us in hate yeah we we got a we got a comment 
on last week's pod that uh, we obviously have an agenda and a bias against Ollie. <laughs> on that cheery note, I think we'll bid you farewell. We'll be back on Monday this time uh, because uh, we are playing on Sunday. Monday, Thursday is not a good schedule That's, for podcasters. It's really not. Uh, but, but yes, uh, back on Monday and I hope you have a great weekend. Yeah, take care, everyone.